I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Gretchen. Thank you for asking me to share. Um, I'm not real comfortable doing this, but um, when I, somebody said, well, then why are you going? I said, because when I'm asked to do service, I do service. And uh, so anyway, my name is Gretchen. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I have 25 years of abstinence. And for me, thank you. Uh, for me, that's three meals a day with nothing in between, and if I need a snack, if I have more than six hours in between a meal, I'll eat a piece of cheese or, you know, some other something small, and uh, no sugar or flour for me. And I want to preface that I'm very, I have very strong opinions about what works for me and what what doesn't, but it doesn't mean it's the same for you. So I'm very clear about that. But for me, um, I came into the program in the late 70s. And I came in after um, my mom was in Tops, and they had a bunch of fat daughters, these women. So they all put them in the room next to their Tops group, and they started this Teen Tops. So I was in Teen Tops, and then one of the girls in there said, oh, my sister goes to this thing called OA. You want to try it? And I said, sure. And I walked into my first meeting, and I was, I know I was under 21, because I, I came, I celebrated, I was abstinent, but not this abstinence. And I was pissed off because I couldn't drink and I couldn't eat cake. And so that's the only reason I know I was here before I was 21. But I came in and I wasn't able to stay abstinent. It took me, like I think it was either four or five years before I got this abstinence. And, um, but I walked into my first meeting and, and there was a lot of housewives and um, mostly women. And they talked a lot about their husbands and their kids. And it didn't matter because... What I heard was that they had a problem with food. And um, there, we were the only two teenagers in the room. But it didn't matter because I heard the problem. There was, a, there was a solution to my problem with food. And that's all I cared about. And I really thought that if I lost a few pounds, I'd be fine. I, I really believed that. And so what happened was I came. Um, my friend left. I don't know where she's at now, but I got to stay, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so what happened was I kept going to the meetings. I went to a meeting every, every day. And that's what I say. If you want to lose weight, go to a meeting every day, and you'll lose your weight. I mean, you'll be nuts, but you'll lose your weight. <laughs> and so I got, down, you know, I got down to a size 6, and you know, it took me maybe a year, but I got down to a size 6, and I thought, and then I kept breaking. I started breaking my abstinence. And... Um, and then finally it got to the point where I'm either going to do something different in here or I have to leave because it was too painful to be thin and, and a nutball. I couldn't stand it. I could not stand not using food. And so um, I, I got a sponsor. She graduated from Biola Bible College. So I knew she knew something about God. And, um, and she said to me, we were up at the gathering at Santa Barbara, and this is after me, you know, being absent for a year, breaking, being absent for two weeks, breaking on a Friday night, starting again Saturday morning. I mean, I know there's a lot, that story's pretty prevalent around here. Um, no, I know I'm not the only one that has that story. But, um, and so finally, I took my third step for the 15th time up, again up at the gathering, and she said to me, she said, you know, if you want to really get this deal, you're going to have to find some kind of spiritual God. 
because at the moment your God is your mother, and that's just not going to work here. And so um, she said, I said, well, I, you know, I don't know what, I don't know where to start. I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, well, can you believe in my belief in a higher power? And I, I, because she graduated from Bible college, I knew that she knew something about God. So I said, oh, absolutely, I'll believe in your God. You know, that was an easy one for me. And so that's the way I started. Um, and that's what happened to, I, I believe it was a couple of things. Because um, I also believe that I was unwilling to surrender to the idea that I was powerless over food. I was unable to surrender to the fact that a piece of pie had more power than me. And I knew if I went to any scientist, any educated person, they would agree with me that the piece of pie did not have more power than me. And I believe that was my problem. And I believe that until that surrender comes or the surrender came for me, and I don't even know how it came. I, I couldn't even tell you. I just know that I never left the room, and I, I did whatever the program suggested. But in the process of doing that, the surrender happened. And I remember sitting there having a discussion and a, trying to figure this out logically that, um, that I had to come to terms that this food had more power than me. And today I have no problem with saying food has more, more power than me. And I feel like that surrender, like, it's, I'm just okay with it. I've accepted it. I've surrendered to it. I don't fight the food anymore. I mean, I might fight, like, today dried fruit, but I don't fight food as a whole group. And, um, you know, I'm okay with that. And I believe that's when my recovery started, once that happened, and then once I was willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And so then I went through the first three steps with her, and what happened for me quite quickly is that I found out I was a lesbian as soon as I started abstaining. So I always say there's big surprises in store for everybody. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you never know what's going to happen. But for me, and, and I believe that was part of my struggle too, is that I was unwilling to come to terms with that. So anyway, that happened. And then, and then shortly after that, I mean, it was very hard in my first probably 30, maybe 60, 90 days, I had to call in every meal because I was so on and off my abstinence that I never knew if I was going to make it till dinner that night staying abstinent. So I'd call when I started the meal and I'd call my sponsor when I ended it. And then I'd commit to not eating again until lunch. And then I'd do the same thing at lunch. and I'd, I, That was the only way I could do it. And um, then eventually, you know, I didn't have to do that. But I still today, I always say I don't do anything different today than I did in my first day of abstinence. I call a sponsor every morning, I call my food in, I write, I read some type of literature, and I, I make calls, I reach out to other people in the program. So it's nothing, for me it doesn't, the only thing that changed in having years is that I know whatever's going on will pass, and I know that I don't have, to, I can get through it without eating about it. But other than that, really, you know, nothing's changed. And I don't fight as long. I don't fight as hard, and I don't fight as long. Um, so anyway, I went through a few years with her, and then I've had subsequent sponsors um, after that, and um, I was able to finish college. You know, when you stop eating, you have a lot of time on your hands. So I had to do something. So I went back to school, and I, you know, I was able to finish my schooling. Um, I stopped smoking. I was pa smoking three packs a day. I stopped smoking through the program. I didn't gain. I gave myself five pounds. I didn't gain a pound. 
you know. And, um, you know, so that happened. Um, you know, I'm totally self-supporting through my own contributions. Anyway, um, it's, it's just been a miracle for me. I mean, I just love the way I live. I love my life. I don't like everything about it, but for the most part, I, I like how clean I live. I feel like I live pretty clean. Um, I had this one situation that just happened to me this last week. I live in a condo, and so I put some of my personal items in the common area. So the president calls me and says, you can't keep your stuff there, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, what do you, you, know, what do you want me to do? I said, it's until Sunday, which was four days. And he says, well, put a note on it or something. And I put a note on the community board. Please excuse me. having my hardwood floors done, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was okay. So I get the letter from the association. The board is blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, I was livid. So I didn't know what to do about it. But I had taken all my stuff out before I got the meeting. So I decided to put, since they were giving me 30 days, I decided I'm going to put some of my stuff back back out there. I'll show him. <laughs> So I moved some stuff out there. So I'm thinking, I, I mean, I just, I was so miserable. I wanted to put my gum on his mailbox. I was thinking of how I could throw eggs at his car without anybody seeing me. Um, I went through this whole thing for about five days and um, made calls. I couldn't get it. And finally, this one person that I talked to finally said to me, you know, maybe you just can't live that way anymore. Maybe you have to follow the rules. And I was pissed off because... I feel like I'm always following the frickin' rules. And other people get away with not doing the rules, you know, but I can't. And that, I thought, this is what it talks about in the big book when it says, now I forget what it says, but I know it <laughs> But I know, I thought, that's what happened. It was, my mind said, this is exactly what the big book is talking about, that the, the holding it, it's a luxury for us. I mean, we can't afford the luxury of carrying a resentment a grudge or a retaliation. I might have made that one up, but I mean, <laughs> that's what I get out of it. Like, I can't afford the retaliation. I, I just, it eats me up alive. And so, you know, the minute I brought my stuff in, and I, I mean, I had this stuff that was huge. I had to carry in myself, but I didn't care. I made the commitment on that call that I was going to bring all my stuff in, which I did the minute I got home. And then the minute after that, I quit looking for his car. I quit listening for him. It just stopped it for me. And I don't know what I'll say to him, you know, if I see him. I hope I just say hi. But um, I don't, you know, I don't even know if I'll do that. We'll see. But I just like the way the program keeps me on track. And if I was eating, I wouldn't have to get, I wouldn't know any of this stuff because I'd be numbed out and I'd be justifying myself all over the earth and defending what I'm doing and I just don't get to do that today. And I'm, you know, I'm just really glad that, that, that I was given the tools through the program to do this. And it's not that my parents, you know, I don't, I don't think they taught me this kind of stuff. And I don't even know if it's being taught. I just didn't learn about having integrity. And I just didn't learn it. Whether they taught it or not, I don't know. But I know that when I first got absent, I didn't speak to my parents for eight years. And part of that was because I came out and um, my dad, the last conversation, well, one of them, that I had with my dad during this period was, you're going to end up in the gutter. And, um, and I hung up on him, and then it was, it was bad for years. And so what happened at the end of that, I just knew by doing that, my, my sponsor, then I had an AA sponsor, because they're just, 
I, that's where I felt like I needed to go to get the strength and to learn the program. So at that time, I had an AA sponsor, and he told me, he said, you know, you've got to stay away from your family because every time you go around them, it's like ripping flowers out of a, a without, like the roots haven't taken yet. You have to stay here and get your roots uh, firmly planted in the ground, and then you can go around him. And it, but every time you go around now, it's like they get yanked out, and you got to start it all, all over. So I followed direction. I mean, I didn't. I came from a big Italian family. I talked to my mom at least once or twice a day. Um, I didn't have any friends. I had a hundred. There was about my mom had 13 kids in her family, and they all had like six kids. So I, my cousins were my friends when I was growing up. I really didn't have to go outside of my family for friends and so then when this happened it was like I was barren I didn't have any family around me and for me it was the best thing because I was you know I was just I just depended too much on my family so for me it's not a bad thing it wasn't a bad thing and um, so I went through I think it was about eight years spending uh, holidays at my friends in OA I I wasn't invited to my family's for um, holidays and I went to people in OA. You know, I was invited. There was a bunch of homeless OA people there. I mean, it was a great time. And then what happened is I just felt like I was strong enough. And I thought, okay, you know, this is enough is enough. So I called my sister and asked her if I could come over for one of the holidays. And she said, sure. And so I went over there. It was hor- I mean, it was hard. And, um, and then I... Uh, you know, I just sat next to my dad, and he got up and turned his back to me, and then I went around and sat in front of him again, like, you prick, you're not getting away from me. <laughs> and so I, and then it started, you know, and I was willing to do, to take whatever he had, you know, and then from there, it, you know, it started the healing, and the same with my mom, and the great thing is, is both my parents died in the, you know, while I've been abstinent, and I've stayed abstinent through that. Uh, my mom was about two years ago, and I still, I don't still feel real right about that, but I just give myself some time, and, you know, I don't know, it's just been very difficult for me, but, um, you know, I was probably, I think for both of them, their main, uh, I took them to their doctor's, like, I took my dad to every doctor's appointment, and same with my mom, so that's how much healing had happened because of the program, and, um which I'm very grateful for. I mean, I didn't have any unfinished business with, when either of my parents uh, died. My mother, I, me and my mother got along great. I mean, my dad was just kind of distant. That's just how he was. I don't know if he was, he would have been open to anybody. I mean, at the time I took it personal, but I don't know if it was so personal now. But um, my mom, I just thought was a hoot, and we ended up, uh, you know, I just felt we had a great relationship, and I really miss her. She was fun, and I, she was funny, and, um, I mean, I came out of a 10-year relationship, and I'm walking up to the house, and, and you know, it was, we were splitting the house and all that stuff, and she looks at me and she goes, couldn't you put some lipstick on today? You look terrible. <laughs> and I just said, Mom, give me, I mean, t- you know, before that would have sent me running, like, and I just looked at her, I said, give me a break, you know, I just came out of a 10-year deal. And um, so that's how much the program, I healed in the program, and that's, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but I feel like I'm on the road, and um, I surrender more and more to God because I know that's 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 the only comfort I get is when I keep surrendering, and um, I do that ten. You know, the great thing too is I do that tenth step a lot, 
And the great thing for me is most of the time on any problem, I'll get to the point that, or the part that it is, it's about me. I mean, most of the time I can be in a situation, and if I don't get it that minute, I'll get it eventually that this is about me. And, um, and I like that because that means I can do something about me. I can't do anything about you. And even if I'm having a problem at work or with my neighbor, I realize that that turmoil is coming from me. And I can do something about that. So I do that. There's this 10th step form that I just love. It talks, you know, it says, what was the incident? What exactly happened? Who was involved? And I get that detailed. And usually by the end of those questions, I feel a lot of relief from any situation. And usually it takes me a while before I'm willing to do that. Like, I have to be pretty miserable to pick that, that list of questions up. But, and then at the end, I get to, most of the time for me, it's fear and ego, ego pride. And most everything for me is based in fear. And if you would have asked me, are you full of fear? I, I didn't even know what fear felt like. I didn't even recognize it as fear. But most of the time, if I'm having problem, it's because of fear. And, um, and so I just felt like I'm done. So I didn't, I didn't want to finish early because I really don't want to answer questions. But <laughs> Looks like I'm going to have to. Okay, I think I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Prayer and meditation. Oh, uh, what I talk about prayer and meditation. Right? Step 11. How I work it. Okay. Um, what I normally do, this works the best for me. I usually will read something in a meditation book, and then I close my eyes, and I count backwards from 100, and that usually puts me in some type of meditation state, and that's what works for me. And if I'm not sure what's going on, I'll lay on the bed, and I'll touch parts of my body that I feel I'm holding something in, and then I'll just ask God to bring energy there, and then I'll usually I'll get some kind of answer. And, and a lot of it is held in my body. I feel that a lot of it I'm hold, I hold in my body. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What for you are the benefits of long-term abstinence that you have now? I think I don't have to keep starting over. I feel like my life keeps going. I don't have to start from the beginning again on a problem that's been there and been there for a long, long time. And I feel when I pick up the food, I just halt my life. And so I feel like staying abstinent or the benefit of that gift is that it forces me through the door. It forces me through the problem. It forces me through the character defect. Otherwise, I keep restarting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for the inspiration. Yeah. Um, would you mind telling us your image to your higher power now and the first decision to take on your sponsors? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the question was um, the image of my higher power today compared to what it was in the very beginning. I didn't have an image in the beginning because I just believed her belief, so it was very abstract. And now I have my image of it. I don't know if I consciously think about it, but it's the power of life. It's the power of people. And it's just a power. It's a force. It's not a person. It's not an image of a 
God or a man or Mary or it's just a power, a force. There's really nothing. It's just the air. Thank you. Um, can you talk about what you do when you feel especially restless, irritable, discontent, and when it feels really calm to you during this time? Today, yes. What do I do? <laughs> when I feel irritable, discontent, basically miserable. Okay. Um, I woke up this morning. I thought, boy, I'm awfully hungry today. And the second thought was, I wonder what's going on. Because I knew I had eaten enough. I knew I might be overly tired. And so what I did was I waited till about 10 o'clock, and then I took out the pencil and paper, and I started writing, and then I was sobbing, and then I got relief from it. And I'm still kind of, I'm not that great, but I was able to get up and get on with my day. So for me, a lot of times it's writing. I get more benefit from writing Unless I have a specific problem I don't know, I need an answer, help with, I get more benefit from writing a piece of paper. And I just write until I'm done writing. Like, I'll write about the sky, the moon, anybody, until I finally get to really what's going on. And then I got, usually when I let go of the emotion, that's when I get the release. And social I think it took me a long time to realize that I just can't live that way anymore and it's never going to, I can't go back and it'll never be the same. The question was, how do you show up in a social situation without reverting to maybe the way you used to eat or for that to be an attractive package anymore? And I think it just stopped, I just, there comes a point where your life will be different if you're abstinent. It's like, I can never go back to that. It, it wouldn't work for me even if I did. But, um, but I've spent a lot of holidays, I show up and I'll leave right before they, they eat or I'll sit there and have an iced tea. And I always tell them I like it because I get to talk the whole time they're eating. Because they're so busy stuffing their face that they don't want to talk and I get to talk the whole time. So I go now, a lot of times I'll, on a holiday I'll eat before I go over there and I won't, you know, I just, or if I go... Um, but n- normally now I eat before I go, I, I and I'll just go for the social. I'll stay a couple hours and then I leave. And before you showed up at eight o'clock and you stay in the morning and you stay till eight p.m. and I just can't do it and I don't do it and really now I don't want to do it anymore. So, but your life does change and that was part of the other thing. I had to be very willing to to know that I I really had to work with the food and these social things. It doesn't just go away. It takes planning for me. A lot of times it takes planning, and I have to make adjustments in what I can and can't do. And it's still that way. I mean, I, I probably showed up at the last holiday. I did. Before they left, I said, okay, time to go. Great seeing you. Bye. 
and I'll come home and have my abstinent meal, and maybe I'll bring turkey home or whatever. But a lot of times I just, you know, I don't... And see, it's easier for me because I don't have kids, and I don't have a husband, so it might be different, you know, for other people. They might be forced to deal with that, but there are ways to do it. It's, nothing is impossible, so... Okay, the question was, talk a little bit about body image. You know, um, I still, I don't know if I spend a lot of time on it. I went through a period that I exercised a lot and I felt good, and now I'm not doing that so much anymore, and I don't feel as good. I, I don't know if I've dealt with it. I don't know. I mean, it's okay, it's great, but I, I don't think it's bad, and I don't think it's a good body image. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume in 25 years you've had a lot of sponsees uh-huh. work with people. Why do you think newcomers don't come back? Why do you think they quit the program before you're That's an opinion. I think we don't give opinions, but I'll give one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not a very I'm not very good at sponsoring people. So, but I I think for me. It would be just because I wasn't ready. And, and I really think it's a painful... To, to live without food is an extremely difficult way to do it. You know, but I think there's, that we get to the point where really we don't have a choice in the matter. I mean, this is, we're going to blow our brains out or we stay here. And I think those are, the people that, those, are the, those are the people that get to stay when it gets that bad. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you decide to eat no white flour and sugar, and um, and how is like? Can you just talk about that experience? Yeah, um, the question was about no white flour, not eating flour or sugar for me. Um, when I when I first came in the program, I heard the sugar thing loud and clear because I knew I had a problem with sugar. I mean, that was a very obvious. I mean, that was an event for me and my friends going to the liquor store and buying candy and sitting out front eating candy. I mean, that was the social event for the day. And so I knew that was very easy for me. And um, so I stopped eating sugar way before this abstinence, like three or four years, because I just knew I couldn't do it. But it was interesting. When I first started this abstinence, the, the program then was no, you know, everybody did the same thing. It was no flour, no white flour, I think at the time, and no sugar. So I believed it. Well, then, like in the 80s, was it the 80s or early? It must have been the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. I got the deal that, well, white flour is okay. It's really the sugar and it's not the flour. So I thought, okay, great. So I started eating pasta and pizza and, you know, stuff with white flour. I never ate desserts because they had the sugar in them. But things that didn't, I ate them. And so I started feeling bad, like lethargic, and I was getting a lot hungrier than normal and I just my mind was in as clear I saw people that were still abstaining from white flour well actually just from flour in in general and their eyes were bright and clear and crisp and mine were dull and I kept and I was tired all the time and I started watching them and then I then somebody said to me well you know white flour turns into sugar in your body and then they said read this book and I read the book and I thought, well, I'm going to give it another shot. And then I gave up white flour, and I couldn't believe the difference. The, cra- the physical craving stopped for me once I gave up the flour again. And I haven't, 
I haven't gone back to it because I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to live that way and I don't want to fight the food again and I felt like it was starting to fight food. So, that's fine. Do you have, um, do you use like sugar replacements like equal? Yeah, I use equal, sweet, low, and whatever the other one is. Yeah. I don't do any kind of diet desserts because I got, before this abstinence I did and it, it was just, it didn't matter to me. If it had sugar equal in it, it was still whatever I was shoving in my face. <laughs> so it didn't matter. I mean, I don't, I don't mess around with any of that stuff. I, I keep my food pretty vegetables, protein. You know, I just keep it really simple. And the older I get, the simpler it gets. So it's not very exciting. <laughs> yes? Did you say you gave up white flour or just all flour? Um, the question was, did I give up white flour or all flour? I gave up all flour. Because I feel the, the, the effect of any kind of flour in my body. Like, even though it says whole wheat on the thing, I won't eat it. I feel it in my body. But, it's, you know, it's me. It's my body. It might not be the same for you. But I'd give it up and try it because it made a big difference for me. And I just was not on that. I wasn't a big believer of it. So. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks so much. I know you said you're not a good sponsor, but I'm really kind of curious how you sponsor Oh, okay. Well, I think I'm not a good sponsor because the question is, I had mentioned earlier, I wasn't that great. At, I didn't sponsor very well. But I think what happens for me is that um, I kind of have an opinion on, like, these, like, if somebody calls me and they want to do these diet shakes for their meal, I think I, think I, can, talk, I can do that. And then after a week, it's so ridiculous, I can't do it. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Usually it's an issue with the food. It's usually an issue with the food. For me, it becomes an issue. Because you know what? The truth is, we all kind of know when we're messing around. We all kind of know it somewhere. And even if someone says to me, you know, I just think I'm not ready, and I think I can deal with that. But I think we all kind of know when we're lying to ourselves. So... And then, I mean, I've had a lot of, of long-term people that I've sponsored that have had a food plan and that have worked the steps. But usually the, usually the main problem is the food, giving up the food. Nobody wants to give up the food. Uh-huh. No, now I have, let me think. No, OA. I just have OA sponsors. But I mean, you know, if you if you feel like you're not getting what you need here, I mean, go to you know I what I was doing I was calling my food into OA, and then I, my my step sponsor was AA, and I think it helped me tremendously. I think I got I have a good foundation because of that. But now there's a lot of people in OA that are working that kind of program. At the time, I didn't feel their work, or I didn't, whatever. I don't know. So, yes. Well, thanks so much for your share. What was the book that you read that influenced you on your... The white flower thing? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, Google. I yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of books out on it, though. Can I be done now? Oh, <laughs> oh did you want?
Oh, take off pounds sensibly. <laughs> it's still around. My mother did it for years. It worked for her. She did it until she died. It works for her. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Artificial sweeteners. Yes. I do gum. I do soda. I'm not that well. Thank you.